Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's a privilege to be here to share the word of God, especially on this day. And I feel so humbled to be talking about this series that we started about the gospel of Matthew. We had so far great introduction, great teaching, and I hope that what we bring today will help us. We continue in that high standard of reading and learning the gospel of Matthew. So let's pray. Lord, I want to pray today that you speak to us, that I will disappear and you will take over. And then you will lead us to understand what you want from us. It's not just the word for our mind, our brain, but we want the word that sinks inside of us, in our heart, that moves us from inside, that moves our spirit to action so that we may be effective in your kingdom and bless the community around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you have your Bible, in whatever format it is, Please let open in Matthew, let's find Matthew chapter 4, and we read from verse 12 to the end. Matthew chapter 4, 12 to 25, verse 12. Now, when he, Jesus, heard that John was arrested, he withdrew into Galilee, And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in the darkness have seen a great light. For those dwelling in the regions of shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. For that time, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, Casting their nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going from on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. And he went throughout the all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread out, spread throughout all Syria, and they brought. All to brought him all sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. And a great crowd followed him from Galilee, from the Decapolis, from Jerusalem and Judea, 
and from beyond the Jordan. So, the scriptures we just read puts us in a time 40 days, around 40 days or a little bit more after Jesus was first seen and John's baptism. After he, this is after he fasted 40 days and after he returned back victorious from the temptations as we heard last week. So far, many people have followed John in the desert of Judea because he was preaching repentance. John was one of the prophets, one prophet after a long time of silence. And people thought, God is speaking now. Let's go and hear. It gives them some hope. But unfortunately, I can imagine the disappointment. That John was claiming he was not the real deal. Because the real deal was still to come. He was just a voice screaming in the desert. Prepare the way. That's you read in Matthew 3. Verse 2 and 11. On top of that, one day, a man came in a crowd to John, John's baptism. John stopped everything and poured into him and said, this is the one the whole world has been waiting for. He's the one who's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. Those who were there, Heard the voice of God that day saying, this is my son in whom I find pleasure. Listen to him. And the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. But right after that, the man disappeared. And for 40 days, no one could see him. In the meantime, John was arrested. And the voice that gathered many crowds around Stopped echoing the call of repentance. The precursor of the law disappeared. And the master rise to take over everything. At that time, when all hope seemed to be lost, the man who came that John pointed disappeared. But at that time, a voice is heard in the shores of Galilee. Jesus started his ministry saying, repent for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The title of my message today is, the kingdom has come near. Jesus uses the same word as John. If you read John 3, John was proclaiming the same words, repent for the kingdom of God has come near. However, in this context, the impact and the message of Jesus was different from John. In power and in the weight that it, it carried. So I would like to share with you today three observations, three things about the kingdom that Jesus was preaching about. First, the location. The location. Where was this happening? John has been preaching and baptizing in the desert of Judea in the midst, in the middle of the Jew, Jewish 
religious center. That was in the south of Israel, close to Jerusalem. The Pharisees and all the religion people were trying to maintain their faith and reaching, uh, trying to reach God by all they could, adding tradition to tradition without ever reaching the perfect salvation. John's message of repentance was more pointing fingers at their sin. Say, you brood of vipers, that he said in John 3. John was pointing fingers at their sin. And many came to be baptized because they feared that something was happening. When Jesus heard that he, John was arrested, he moved from Judea, where he was, he went up north in Galilee. That's where all his teaching and his ministry actually happened up there. Jesus grew up in the north territory, in Nazareth. So it's also north in Galilee. And when he started his ministry, he didn't go to his hometown. He went to Capernaum, a bigger city, where there was the trade roads. Many Gentiles, many nations were in that place. Now, Galilee was called the Galilee of the Gentiles. It was not, it was not the holiest place in Israel. Belonged to the Jews, but not the oldest. Why? Those cities, Nazareth and Capernaum and the whole Galilee, had the largest number of Gentiles, people not from the belonging to the people of God, full of them in that place. It is from those lands that Israel couldn't uproot the nations when they came back from Egypt. God said, you will destroy all of them. But when Israel came back from Egypt, they didn't destroy them. And since then, they've been living with all those nations around them. Actually, Galileans were considered almost as Gentiles, so not belonging to the people of God, but their brothers from the south. Judeans were attached to traditions. They were attached to their rituals. They had the temple that said, we are pure. God should come first here. But Galileans were just, maybe if you come south, then you may be saved. And Nathaniel, when they called, they told him that, come, we have found the Savior, Jesus of Nazareth. Did you see his, did you hear his question? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Because it's Galilee. Nothing good can come out of this. The prophet Isaiah didn't have anything good to say, neither. He said those, this is the verse, in Isaiah 9, 1 verse 9, he says this, but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In a former time, the Lord brought into content the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, Galilee. No glory. But it's out of those darkness, among those simple people, among those who were unconsidered, they were considered like far from God. It's in those lands in the darkness that the light of the kingdom started to shine. Verse 6 says, the people dwelling in the darkness have seen a great light. Those who are dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them the light has dawned. 
God decided to come first to those who were in the darkness. To those who were lost, isolated, rejected. Those who were considered in the lowest esteem. That where the light came. This was true back then. It is true today. Jesus comes. He came for us who are living in the darkness. First. Jesus came to remove us from the spiritual darkness in which we, we were. The Bible says that there was no distinction. All of us have seen and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 22. We were all in the darkness. He didn't go to Jerusalem. He came in the land of Gentiles. He came to you first. Jesus also came to deliver us from our daily darknesses. That we, the darkness that we have. Emotional, depression, anxiety, fear, disappointment, rejection. Right there. Jesus came specially for those things. Physical darkness. Where your physical, your life is not, is, you feel limited. You cannot go anywhere. You cannot do anything. Jesus came specially for that. He also came to free us from addictions. And all sorts of things that grabs us. You know the problem with addiction, I read, you cannot save yourself. You will try. You can try all you want, but you can't save yourself. Because the problem with addiction is that you have to convince the addicted people that what you're doing is not good. You got to have the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. Jesus came specially for those things. I don't know how you feel today. Socially, maybe you feel in a conflict or laws or under some sort of injustice. I don't know how you feel today that you're living in the presence of God or in the darkness. Today I want to give you the opportunity to accept the light. Because Jesus came specially for you. The location of the kingdom is the times of darkness. It's where we are lost, where we have nothing when we lost everything, when all support is gone, the Bible says, when all the foundations are shaken, what will do the just? Psalm 11.3. The Bible says, the Lord sits on his throne and he looks down to you. Are your foundations shaken? Are you going through some darkness? Is your life shaken? Jesus came specially for that, for you. I was to the do- I was at the doctor to- this week because I couldn't breathe for some reason. And I went to the doctor. He took all my blood. Okay, two gallons. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, it took a lot. I was just looking at the pharmacy. Are you sure that you, yeah, you know, <laughs> do I get some milk or something to refill or something? No, nothing. And then he took the result and looked at me. I said, did he, did he tell me, when did you have hepatitis A? You know, the thing that you get when you, had, you eat strange foods? Yeah, that's the one. He told me, I told him, um, never had that. He said, no, you know what? That disease, when you get that, 
There are traces in your blood that stays forever. You have that. And I'm seeing those traces in your blood. I said, nope. Never had that. He looked at me and said, you must have had that. You must have been sick someday. You know, you went to the doctor and there has been something. You must have felt that the doctor have, must have told you that you were sick with that hepatitis. Hey. I looked at him, nope. No, so we start arguing with the doctor. I said, nope, nope. And suddenly I felt the Lord telling me, bap, 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 bap. Didier, stop arguing. I did this. While you were still in the darkness, you were weak. You didn't know anything. I healed you. You had that disease. I healed you. You didn't even pray for it. You didn't even know it. But I took care of it. Because I love you. And I'm here to tell you today. The Lord told me to tell you. That he loved you so much. That he took care of you. When you were still in the darkness. There are things that happened to you. That you never knew. God took care of it. We love complaining about the things we don't have. But what got you to this place here today. Is the Lord Almighty. You don't know what took. Took. You took the Lord to take you to this place. So many things that he did for you. You may complain about temptation. The Bible says there's no temptation that is above your own strength. God looks at the temptation and he reduces it. So that you can overcome and boast about it sometime. Jesus took care of us. Let me read this verse. Romans 5, 6 and 8. For while we were still weak, in the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, those in the darkness. Verse 8. But God shows his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Second point. The message of the kingdom. Verse 17. Jesus starts the ministry by saying, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. At hand in the Greek is Anglican. It means it's near. It's right there in front of your face. It's just right there. It's interesting to see that Jesus is using the same words as John. The context is different. They're in two different locations. But what happened? One reason might be that John... It's probably the reason that John was only preparing the way. He was preparing the message of the master. And when he disappeared, the master took over. He was the message himself. He's actually the one who was bringing that kingdom. John was saying, hey, you sin. Jesus said, okay, turn I'm bringing you the kingdom. Now the repentance that Jesus preached was an invitation to turn, to receive. The word repentance means change of mind, turning and facing a new direction, preparing oneself for a new life. In order to see and receive God's salvation, you had to turn from the darkness you were in. And look at Jesus. That was the message. It's not just to be sorry. 
but it's turning from what you were doing. They had to turn from their practices. That's why he confronted them in the traditions and all those things that happened in those days. Confronting them that said, those things will not save you. Turn and receive. Today, every time we wake up in the morning, we're facing this difficult challenge of choosing between walking with human strategies just like everybody does. Jumping on Facebook first thing in the morning and all living according to God. Every day in business, we're facing this challenge. Do I handle things God's way or do I use human ways to live? God's message today is He wants to bless you. He wants to intervene. But in order for the kingdom to come in, you have to turn away from what you're doing and commit to him. I was reading a testimony of a lady called Lorette. She was a Christian. She grew up as a Christian. But she never experienced God's power and kingdom in her life. So she went in looking for God in yoga, in Taoism, in all kind of new age movement. Her conclusion after 200 pages book was, I felt empty. Because those things never brought peace inside of her. She was still hungry. Until she turned to God. She said, God is more like, you look at here, he's not there. You just need to turn, he's right here. Not very far, just turn, he's right there. Just turn, renounce. Jesus said, I will give you peace. But I will not give you peace as the word gives it. I'll give you peace. Let your hearts not be troubled. John fourteen twenty seven. Now, the third point. The kingdom had the location. The kingdom had a message. But the kingdom had followers. Verse 23 and 25 tells us that many miracles and healings start to happen when Jesus started to preach the gospel. People came with all sorts of things and they were healed and they were set free from demons. But before Jesus started all, he selected a group of people. Not only to benefit from this ministry that he started, but also to be witnesses of the kingdom of God, where they were, they were going. He could have chosen available people, free, idle people somewhere. No. He went and called Simon Peter and Andrew, who were busy casting their nets into the sea, verse 18. He also went and found James and his brother John, very busy, Mending their nets, probably with their father looking at them and saying, are you doing that wrong? Do it. They left everything and immediately followed him. This should speak to us today. We are all busy with our lives. Parenting, business, doing all sorts of things. Living on a tight schedule. 
I learned that lately, like the last couple of years. I was free. You know, I could come in a meeting 10 minutes before. These days, I don't come 10 minutes. I'll just come on time, right on time. <laughs> Maybe one minute late or two. And I give an excuse. You know, I had a phone call, you know, my kids. The parenting, always on tight schedule. But these are the people Jesus loves. These are you. This is you. Jesus is calling. Those with tight schedule. Those living very busy. A busy schedule. You're not going to have a time where you're going to be free to serve. I don't have anything to do. You won't receive the call. The call is for busy people like you and I. To go and be witnesses. The Lord needs to be needs us to witness in this neighborhood in our business locations in all those places and the people he wants is you, the busy people who still have time in spite of all put God first priority in your life some of you know that yesterday my dad passed away we, he spent the morning praying. He had some visions and he was praying about that. He called my sister. They prayed and after they prayed, they tried to give him his medicine. He, he said, I'm seeing the other word already. He was talking to God already. He was on the other side. They tried to give him food that didn't work and he was gone at 2 p.m. And he told us, don't ever stop trusting God and serving him. That's why I'm here. Remember, he was a soldier. He gave us an order, so I had to be here. He left praising God. That was amazing the way it happened. Brothers and sisters, heaven is real. And hell is here. It's real too. We... Those who were there, I see the way they told us, he was seeing great things happening. He didn't even want to take the medicine anymore. He said, I want to go. And he left. But that was not given. We may be praising God right now, but that was not given. For 80 years, he, he died at 81. 80 years of his life, he has been in a cult, fighting against the church. Anybody who dared talk to him about Jesus, he isolated them. He kicked them, grounded them like me, grounded all the time because I tried to bring him the good news of Jesus. That was not given. He kicked us, he kicked us out. So everybody was afraid. Remember, he was a soldier, a good sniper. You don't want to mess with him. So when he started getting sick two years ago, we thought among us, our brothers and sisters, Somebody has to go. We could have left him. We were busy. I was busy surviving in Germany and and having kids here. Everybody had were married. We were busy doing things. We were all busy. Everybody left home. We left him alone. He didn't want to hear the gods. We left him alone. We were busy doing all all our things. But we felt God compelling us. I said, you got to do something. So we almost do, did the pepper season card, you know, <laughs> who's gonna do, <laughs> who's gonna go? 
Who's going to go? We pray for you. And my sister went because she was her doctor. She went and spoke to him. Two minutes. And we disappeared. And God took over. What we couldn't achieve in 80 years of his life. God did that in less than three weeks. Last year he received Christ. He asked me to send him a Bible with big scripture. He started reading it. He was deep in the scripture for the last couple of years. That whenever you call him on the phone. You don't tell him what you want. He tells you about Jesus. You got to trust Jesus. You got to trust Jesus because Jesus is good. And like this week before he passed away, the first thing he told us is say, you know, you got to be good with Jesus. He was agitated because some of us didn't pray as much as he wanted. Because he was feeling what was coming. And he passed away and said, you got to celebrate a victory that you won. This couldn't have happened if we were just busy with our own things. The community here around us lives in the darkness. So many people have issues. They sleep themselves, to, they cry themselves to sleep. They all have all sorts of issues. Well, the only thing we do is drive by here, leaving some smoke in the way. We have to do better than this. We know we have the light. We have to volunteer and go and spread the light. Be witness. When Jesus met Peter and Andrew, he said something. They will make you fishers of men. Meaning, you just fish, fish. But now you're going to be expert. You're going to fish men. You're going to have something better to do. A fishing man. You're busy teaching or busy doing business. God wants you to make you better. Not just doing your business and have money, but you're going to win souls for the kingdom of God. Organize parties over there. Are you busy parenting? God wants you to be parents of many. Your own kids and the other ones that God is going to send you. You want to be, I don't know what you're doing. I talked to a friend, he was, he's in Texas. And I told him about Christ and said, oh, you know, I don't know what I'm saying, you know. I don't want no church man to come and tell me what I have to do, you know what I'm saying. I said, yes. It's not church man that's going to tell you what to do, it's Jesus Christ. He's making you better. You want to be an engineer, you'll be engineering, but also for the kingdom of God. Will you come today? I know you're busy. Will you say yes, like Peter, like Andrew, like James and John? Will you say yes, Lord? I don't know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, but I just say yes. Will you come to be better, to be fishers of man? Will you come to be witness for the kingdom of God today? Or will you give excuses again? So, the kingdom of God is near. Conclusion. One, the location. It's people living in the darkness. They have seen a great light. The message is to repent. Turn away from the futile things that we do. Turn to Jesus. The followers. Jesus will make you fishers of man. 
May God bless you.